in the Wild Planet fight sign. Hope in your heart coming home well. But Riadini hits the lead from Wild Planet. Riadini clear in the gong. Hope in your heart late. Riadini's gong. Riadini beat Hope in your heart. Welcome to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm up at about. Waltz found the right house this time. Let's go. Yeah, I plugged it in. I took the other one out. I took the other one out of the GPS. Big week of the bowls. You're up at Sunshine Coast bowling. What's going yeah, everyone's on? Everyone's watching World Cup. They don't understand the World Cup was on at the Sunshine Coast. World Cup of bowling concluded yesterday. There was uh, me and about eight other people in there. Awesome. Best bowlers in the world, paying like 20 bucks. They're all whinging about the 20 bucks. I would have paid 200. It was awesome. What people paid to go in to watch it? You don't understand. You don't appreciate high level anything. <laughs> That's why what, you hang around people like us. I'll tell you what, I, I know what I see, and it was a bit of a bit of a rot, or there's just something not quite right about this god of yours, this guy, Justin Bellamonte. Or Jason, mate. He's Australian, Jason, Jason, and he's the goat, and you don't even know his name. It's like not knowing Roger Federer's name. <laughs> Jason Bellamonte, this bloke, he bowls two hands, so it's instant he disqualification. Fear. He's holding it with the right. He's got thumb out, you can just say. He holds it, and he just lets it go. <laughs> I was waiting for the ramp that you push down. You know when you push the bowl down the ramp with two hands as Mate, a if kid? you can get 300 with the ramp, I'll let you use the ramp. <laughs> if I bring my own ramp. He was a bit stiff, the old German. The German strung a few together and beat him in the final, and he was uh, he was depressed because all he loves is he does this terrible celebration like some boom, like he's from Street Fighter or something, old Belmonte, and he, and he got uh, he lost in a playoff, second-round game, and then uh, lost by five pins or something. It cost him the World Cup. He was shattered. I'm going to ask the boys in Melbourne uh, two questions. A, would you pay $20 to go watch 10-pin bowling? And B, do you know who Jason Bellamonte is? DK? No, not, uh, not a – I only saw Walt put a video up on him the other day <laughs> just knocking everything down or something and they're all cheering him or whatever. Does he, does he represent Australia or Queensland or something? Is he that good or is he just – No, he's Australia. He's like he's, – he's won like 15 majors. He's won more majors than anyone ever, ever. And he's like oh, whatever he's, he's, he's No, he's, oh. like, he's like – he's dead set like the Jack Nicholas of uh, – of bowling, and is he's from Dubbo, mate. No, he's from Orange. He's he's from Orange, huh? Is he recording it for him? Would he? Be oh, hey, about him and about four other people in the world. Is it? Yeah, that's about it. But so they were bowling for a hundred thousand first prize in the eighties and nineties, and now they're bowling for a hundred thousand first prize. So they've gone the reverse PVL. So did you play at all in this? It's a World Cup, mate. It's like four people from the country. I bowl against mongoloids. At, uh, <laughs> geez, that was a bit harsh, a bit bull mongos. But uh, I bowl against people of my level, mongos. Um, so you've driven three hours and paid twenty dollars to go. Two? Is- what do you drive? Oh, God, I went. I did it three That's times. So I went up and back three times. I got to say, I was the only one there with two computers and uh, and the races playing the whole time. Uh, you wouldn't believe that, would you? I would believe that. Any betting? Is there any any betting on the ten pin bowling championships in Australia or anything? Or? Did have a look just quietly, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> didn't didn't see any markets, which is shattering because, uh, mate, these uh, well, it's like um, most sports uh, when you get down to sort of these are most countries, you know, battlers that are top four of the country, and then you got like Singapore, Malaysia, where it's their national sport, and they just they're just like machines, they just don't miss, and they're like fully coached. Uh, it's crazy, but anyway, it's good fun. Nico Noonan, you've ever been 10 pin bowling? It's a bit of a bygone era. It's sort of good fun. What, like just but, normal bowling? Yeah, yeah go ten with the taking the missus for yeah, a date. Yeah, bo- yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good fun, isn't it? Yep. You can have a drink at a lot of those joints now, they, wherever they're set up. You can bar and throw them down. And a lot of them have karaoke as well now. Have you seen that? The karaoke room. Yeah, yeah. like a little karaoke room as well. Now so it's got talking. laser tag, bowling, and karaoke. 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 I'd be in. You'd be in. You'd just just leave out the bowling, just straight into the karaoke and laser tag. Uh, 
Nico, you're on fire. On a more serious note, uh, your, your launch lobbed again. Any uh, stats for your launch strike rate and pot? Must be uh, absolutely launch. humming. What's your launch on, Nico? Uh, What's your launch on? Oceana Blue. Oceana Blue. Good crack at. Oh, yeah. well, just found the box seat. And was... you're, back, you're back to beat some. Obviously, the second favourite in that race. Who, who's mm. the second favourite trained by who you were potting? It's a long time ago, DK. Well, well, I, don't I don't remember either. I know who yeah, it was. I was watching Tycoon. Who? That, oh. was, that was Trent. Yeah. He was taken on Trent aggressively. Well, we sort of swung from the f- the first race. We backed Trent, and he probably should have won. So we thought, well, that that was his chance for the day, and then we were against him for the rest of it. So. <laughs> All right. What else happened out there yesterday? Not much. Um, sort of had a, a good result there, and that sort of just set up the rest of the day, trying to sort of find a few outside the market. They ran well, sort of thirds and fourths most of the day, but um, nothing else really sort of jumped off the page there. But uh, I think the main thing will be, you know, yesterday was probably a day where the track was drying out, and then Saturday we're going to have really sort of firm conditions here yeah, for um, racing. Twenty-seven so degrees. Finally. Getting away from these bloody wet tracks is going to be good. Next two Saturdays, it's beautiful. Just having a look, twenty-seven degrees both days. Now, I was listening to Josh Blanksby the other night on um, dot com there, Nico, and he said because they're closing Caulfield for the to do the track for the next six months, the new inner track, they've spent six million at Sandown getting it up to speed. So everyone's grouse now. Can you see evidence out there going to Sandown with the six million that's been spent upgrading facilities and things like that? Because it's going to be hosting the futurity and the ore and all this. So is there good evidence there? Is it is it is it grouse um, out there at the moment? Or? Not yet. You can see you can see there's some things that they're working on. Um, they've taken down a few sort of very old fences and those things that have been there since oh, I can remember. So um uh, there's a few areas there that if they they wanted to um you know really vamp it up, they could have a few areas that um sort of could, uh, you know, have, have places where people could get around and um, have their sort of little party scene but not be too close to the track or whatever. Um, I think it can work, Yeah. the big days there. The interesting thing is they're going to extend the straight for the 1,100-metre races. I don't you know put, if you saw that. You said, yeah, they're going to have two winning posts. Yeah. So th- they'll be um, so what, the Oakley played out of the shoot at Soundown. Yeah, so and the Blue Diamond preludes. I think, it, I think it can work. Like the big day at Soundown in the spring was really good. The Underwood, it was very well received. There's a lot of people there. So, um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to sort of watch those races, but it is a great track. Like, we'd be so lost without it. Even yesterday, you know, it's it's a tough track, the lakeside to make ground, but the hillsides are great. Like, you know what you're going to get. Hillside you can run on, lakeside's probably a bit tougher, but, gee, if we lost it and we were battling around at Mornington and oh, yeah, bloody yeah, Pakenham yeah. and Cranbourne every week and, and not sound down, um, gee, it'd be hard going. It's interesting, isn't it? Spend six million at a joint that has got its future, like, up in the air, apparently. It's the first thing I've first time I've heard of it. Any other than they're going to sell it, and they're spending six million on it. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, that's a good sign because I hope they don't sell it. It's a great facility. I, I think I don't I know what the answer. I think the answer is going to be like what they did with unless they ever, like this is going to be down the track. He says it's two years um, from anything happening, but the answer is going to be what they did at Mooney Valley, isn't it? You know and what they're going to do at Flemington. Sell you know, some of it. They've got the grass. All the grass land surrounding it stacks of land, so sell some of it for you know whatever. Develop some, put some houses in there, and. Make it make a truckload out of that, but keep the actual track. I thought uh, the Zipping Classic. Uh, it sounds like the Zipping Classic is going to switch with the Caulfield Cup if the rumor mill sort of is cor- is correct. Talking about is correct. Well, well, you've got this meeting; it's been pushed back, and then uh, uh, there's there's some sort of talk out there that the Zipping Classic wait for age will go where the Caulfield Cup is, and the Caulfield Cup handicap will be this this weekend. You're gonna have millions off me, millions. Oh, give me a dollar on then. The Caulfield Cup's their, their premier thing. What they should have, I mean, they pushed this meeting back. There should be a Group One on today. Should be a Group One uh, on Saturday. This 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 fresh air at the end of um, for the industry and whoever wants to have the days at the end of um, November, early December. 
I mean, this, you know, I mean, look at Perth. Cummings has taken his horses there. So, um, you know, there's a Group 1 line over there. There should be Group group 1 races here. So Maybe the Sir Rupert Clark might be the one that they uh, push back. Yeah, but, um, there you go. Yeah, throw one up. Well, why not? But it's different. You know, and you know the training joint is better than anyone. Ma Eustace. The, the training methods these days, like they say, oh, there's not enough gap in time to put them in the paddock to get them up for the autumn. But the way, man, they keep them in work. They keep them fresh. They put them on the water walker. Might, they might give them a week in the paddock, bring them back. You know, they don't, they don't give them two months you know, unless they really need to now, unless they're young horses developing their bones and things like that. They don't want them getting fat in the paddock. They want sort of, you know, and, and losing all their work. So water walkers, bit of dressage, bit of this, bit of that, in and out. They can keep them ticking over and then rev them up, get them in the stables for a month and get them towards those races they're targeting. Yeah, look, it makes sense. Um, I know there was a bit of talk about sort of moving a few races last year around, especially the Caulfield 1,400-metre races. Well, I suppose the Rupert Clark probably comes into that and the Orr and the Futurity and the Heffernan's now 1,400-metre Group 3. So... Um, I think there was a bit of talk of moving one of them to this day last year. I haven't heard anything since. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the uh, maybe if you moved it and you'd, you'd probably have to wait a few years so the trainers really sort of get around it. But the the fields they're still getting on this day, I don't think any of these races would warrant having a Group One. But Cummings has taken his. He's happy. I mean, he's one of the best stables in the country. He's happy to keep these horses still, up. Like, is that really a Group One? Like, it's Pulley. But he's taken them all the way over there. Yeah, he, he'd rather them be here. You know, I know, I know that. But he, yeah, I, I see your point. But He'd rather have race for that prize money and that status in Melbourne than have to cart them all the way to Perth. Yeah, I think they're just, they're just chasing the, the G1 status with a few of them. Like, Pulele needs probably a Group 1 win to stand for anything as a stallion. And then, you know, Rothfire, the caravan show, rolls on there. He just He's going to go wherever the races are. By the looks of it, that horse, he's going to probably run around every carnival, you would think. Um, so... Yeah, we'll, we'll probably touch on Perth later in the show. I know Trabman's coming aboard to uh, to have a chat there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a bit... It was a bit like last year, this Sipping Classic. It's kind of baffling. It's worth 750000 But anyway, good luck to them. Yeah, well, it's probably probably on par given it's $20 million races up in New South Wales. Wait, the Ingham race is in two weeks with $2 million. Oh, I'm, That's I'm, right. That's... I'm tipping the Zipping Classic's going to be a better race. Mm. <laughs> Pot prize money down here, Nico. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. Let alone the, the bloody North Koreans. The, the problem there, is Nick, Nico's right. That's the problem. We're just three times from all wrong. It's an interesting one. There's a bit of a news flash coming out of New South Wales. How's this? Richie uh, Callender's column, the little uh, tweet up on the screen, my column at RaceNet. Night racing a hit due to new wa- new ways to wager. I thought this article would be 15 years old. Have, have they just caught on with mobile betting, mobile betting and online betting and sitting at home on a Friday night or a Thursday night, as Victoria does all the time, and new ways to wager. It's not odds and evens. They're talking about night racing and shifting more day meetings to night racing. I'll just give everyone the tip. Anyone that he tags there, this is going to be the best tip you'll get all week. Mute them. <laughs> Anyone he tags, mute. Are they putting the lights in at Randwick, are they? I don't know. But I, they... I saw the little. I didn't read the whole article. What are the new is ways to wrong? wager? Promo bets. Promo bets and, and you know, if you get your money back if it runs 14th in a field of seven, <laughs> what are the new ways to bet? There hasn't, the only new ways to bet I've, you the can't bet. I saw, they're, they're, they've applied to switch 10 or 12 day meetings to night meetings at Randwick. That's what, that's what I saw. I, didn't, I don't well, subscribe. Like twilight or night? Like actually well, put in lights? I think it must be putting in lights. They've asked for the Department of Planning's approval. Good luck. I must want to put in lights and race under lights at Randwick. Why? Just to spend another $100 million? It's just unbelievable, isn't it? Like they've they've realised, okay, if you put the Everest near next to the Caulfield Cup, wagering will go up. Well, if there's all these new ways to bet, or night racing is a good thing. Well, Victoria's been doing it for ever and a day. This night racing thing, so just mirror their product, and guess who will be happy? 
punters. You know what would be nice? If they mirrored their tax thing so that, you know, Betfair <laughs> wouldn't be a one-fifth of what Victoria is and, and they wouldn't have to rely on promo bets and, and all this other garbage and deposit bonuses to boost their false turnover in New South Wales to make it look all pretty, you know? How about you just cut all the taxes and encourage turnover and maybe that'll help too? Surely if they're looking at a, a night racing venue like Ramwick, surely they'd be looking at getting rid of one of the, the other trucks up there in Sydney, like Warwick Farm or... Oh, Drew at Stream would be a nice one, one to get rid of. That's glaring. Canterbury's where they've always raced at night, isn't it? Yeah, you'd think if they're going to put in lights at Ramwick, well, you, you might not need that one then, and that's where you could fund it. They might just need to turn on the lights at Racing New South Wales, Canterbury. see if anyone's home. Canterbury's a time bomb. As soon as anything bad happens and everything sort of starts to, to you know, come to the surface, bye-bye, Canterbury. So <laughs> Highest bidder. Well, that might be it. There you go. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that'll be, I guess it's just the transition to sell Canterbury, I would assume. All right. Here's uh, track screen at track screen on Twitter. This is a beauty, and I'm a, I've got a bit of a grudge to pick with uh, the Don. The Don informs me that my Willem Bar has got bad food, and this is old Pa, Paul Joyce, uh, ex-Racenet now on uh, Sky Racing. That's calamari, chips with a pretty fancy salad. I'd say fancy because there's red onion there, cucumber, and there's beautiful avocado, an abundance of avocado. The, the avocado's up here. That's just, not that's that's yeah, not massive. real. He's, he's brought that with him. Hey? Mate, that's where my missus is from, right? She says the sister-in-law's gone down there the other day for a little school catch-up with her friends. They've cut out of the reunion so that they can go uh, smoke a couple of billies, this is the booze, and then <laughs> go fishing in the pond with a net where they go and catch the fish, the little like guppies, and then bring them back and put it in the tank, that's Murbar. That's not Murbar. Whatever you got there, that is absolutely photoshopped. That is not come from Murbar. We're doing Paul a road Joyce trip. Is cracking them. We're going to go to Bow Desert. We're going to go to Mwillumbar, and I'm going to go to all these little whistle stop tracks. I you say wait. all this, mate, and then you go, oh, I've got to take the kids to school. I've got the school drop off. Wait. I've got to go to kids this and this, this. I can't go. You are full of it. No, nah, I'm going. I'm going to make you and Donnie come with me, and we'll uh, we'll do something. We might do a punish club. Who knows what we'll do. I'm going to go there and bet. We've got to get there first. Oh, yeah, you'll be right. You don't drink, so you're driving. No worries. Sucked Any in. bowling alleys on the way? Everything's falling apart. What isn't falling apart is Manscaped. And in all honesty, it's back on my desk because I need it daily. I just love the feeling of a clean, clean beak. I do. I love it. I love it. Just, I just sit here, which is a bit what gross. What about the difference? And just leave nose hairs all over my desk. I'm that gone. I can hardly walk. My back's cooked or whatever. You, you get the nose hairs grow quicker than the lawn out the front, even though I don't have a lawn anymore. Got rid of all that too. Yeah. And you'll you start becoming addicted to be, be Breathing. hairless. Breathing. Hairless. Yeah. Breathe better and you'll be more hairless. Well, let you have less hair. Less hair. Less hair. That's they what I mean. do a dolphin Manscaped bird. 20% off Little Birdie is the code, so it's an absolute beauty. Imagine that if the dolphin had the... Hey? That'd be awesome. Yeah. Dolphin-shaped Maybe we should sell that idea to Manscaped. Manscaped Dolphin uh, Clippers. Today's show is going to be good. How's Donnie last week? Graft on. We all laughed at him. Uh, king of uh, Graft on. He's the great. king of the Northern Rivers. He's deadly. Donnie. Deadly. He's deadly. Deadly, Donnie. And then you need uh, you needed the defibrillator, didn't you, after Key Largo, second last week up at... Uh, oh, that was the life changer. It was still a good day, but um, that was the life changer. Gong, Wollong, where is where, it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, with the run to paradise or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and all the grabber grannies. I love that uh, Re poor Reggie Bayless after it, he's like on brutality. He's like, oh, yeah, well, it wasn't ideal that we were in the gates for five minutes and then we got pulled back out, then we got put back in and the poor horse was asleep by the time we jumped out of a, what is it, million-dollar race just waiting for a run to paradise to finish in some wombat bloody old poor old mate there to hit the gong. Uh, T-Dogs is back with the ascot. I tell you what, I'm nearly cured of uh, Perth racing Mate, this is why they can't have good racing this time of year because we're all cactus. 
Nico hasn't seen the races today. DK, I don't know. DK's like up and about. We're all gone. We're all fried. I tell you what. I guess what they've. I don't. Know, it's it's like someone's trolling me. Robbie Heath got Uncle Robbie's trolling me. He's put Ollie on Rothfire, so that's going to be interesting. That preview. Bet Doctor Lay of the Week. Old Flame Tommy. Surely sure. Ollie's a positive in WA. Surely Ollie. Surely Ollie's a positive. Not a positive anywhere. In WA, He's Pike gone. rides winners there. Gary gone. My God. Gone. Anyway. Who said someone the other day that Pike's the J-Mac of WA? I nearly <laughs> died. I nearly crashed the car. I was like, that's enough. I'm done. Smart man too, whoever said that, and I couldn't believe it myself. It's like giving Davo a Nobel Peace Prize. Lays of the week last week was Old Flame. Uh, so we got it beat with Tommy from the Wide Alley. I'm smelling a Godolphin lay this week. Which one? I don't know. Oh, I'm going to find one. Blue. Which one? They just sold 80 of their horses online <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> just, uh, oh, God. What about the prices some of those horses went for? You so say, where are they finding the money? And I'm talking to a couple of trainers. They're like, oh, we can't get new horses. We can't sell them. Hmm. So we're buying these ones. We're like, because people like to buy the Godolphin ones. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No worries. Good luck. Top Sports Steam back in business. Nemeth, the Wagga, ta- Wagga Town plate form. Brucey Mack calling it down the straight. That was the highlight of the uh, Mitchie Beer's career. Good on him. And uh, poor old, uh, what was the free What price was it? Couldn't get a winner as well with King Hastings running second or something. Was I think it, it was 29 on the show, but plenty of deductions. So was it 14 or $15? Or? Like 13 bucks, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Top Sports team, they're finally back in business and Zipping Classic with uh, Nico. But I'll tell you what else is back in business is Top Sports' new app and mobile site, complete reskin, smooth as silk, super fast, work beautiful. The only thing I was sick on, they've got this same race multi that I guess everyone's got it now. So they've got everything now. They've got all the bells and whistles Top Sport. And I had I had nothing on Roy Deeney, Hope in Your Heart. That was the one same race multi that I thought, oh, well, I'm not scared to have a bet and just pull the trigger and I I just forgot to bet it. So hang on, you're blaming Tristan because he's got now got same race multis yeah. that you didn't take. And it. I forgot to take it. So if you That's like Tristan's that, fault. Yeah. If you like it, you can download the new app and give it a spin. It's really quick. So awesome. have you guys seen the new app? You had a go? You had a bet? What well, I don't bet. Yeah. I've given so. up. Yeah, I've had a little crack at it. Um yeah, I like it. Good new layout. Website's pretty good as well. All right, let's talk about uh, Sandown at Caulfield because uh, that's what Melbourne Racing Club what? have done to us. Last yeah. meeting for six months. Oh, I'm, uh, is that what you were talking about before? Yeah, Sorry. they've confused the bejesus out of here. everyone because you've got Sandown that we raced on yesterday then now they're going to go to Caulfield. So. It's the Sandown Cup at Caulfield. Yeah. The All Zipping right. Sandown Cup, which is he was the, the Sandown specialist at Caulfield. <laughs> I like it. doesn't make any sense. Uh, we might do a Black Friday sale. Everyone's doing Black Friday sales, so we're going to do a Black Friday sales. We'll, we'll, we'll whip we up selling a couple. DK? Who are we selling? Oh, we'll sell everything in the shop. Black Friday, we'll just go do whatever we do. A night at Dimlet, a Gimlet with DK, a night in the, the, oh. the DK I just den. don't know what it is, Black Friday, DK's so I'm going to have to den. Google it. And tomorrow, on Friday, you can you will get some sales. We never do sales, but we'll just put some sales through the shop tomorrow. That's my goal, actually. I don't like selling anything. I just like <laughs> to give everything away. So that's my goal. <laughs> So if you want Nico's or DK's or anyone's stuff, Black Friday sale, Nico's stuff in the yard, as I said, absolutely airborne. DK's got an absolute moral today at Bendigo. So, yeah, hopefully that wins because we're all on. Merson Cooper, race one at Caulfield on Saturday. We're finally getting our teeth stuck into the racing, and I'm completely not ready as per usual. But the favourites here is Godolphin, Godolphin, Godolphin. Caulfield race one, the Merson Cooper stakes. Good one to follow. This is always strong, and lots of winners come out of this race further down the track. So Remedies is a favourite, $3 Godolphin. Cylinder, second pick at $3.80. $8.50, Little Bros, Floodway, Nine dollars, Gangitano, well-named horse there. Alphonse, nine fifty. Hell, 
Fourteen dollars. That sums up DK at the moment. Hydrogen power. Fourteen dollars. Heuristic. Seventeen dollars. That's a nerdy Don Burr name if I've ever heard one. Bonafide star. Seventeen dollars. And Celluli is twenty-one dollars. Froggy Newitt. Brent Stanley. Nico Noonan having a look at the replay of Cylinder uh, in the Max Lees. It's the big baldy face. Horse? No, it's not. It's yeah, it's the yeah, big in, the in behind them, just about to peel on the outside. Good Olfen. Yeah, this just wasn't a, a great setup for him this day. It was 900 meters, drew 11 of 11, um, sort of jumped nearly in front. J Mac had a look across, and the 10 underneath him were pretty much just quick out. So he thought, I'll go right back, sat last, absolutely charges to the line here. Probably had his chance to win, but the way he sort of ch charged the line, I think getting out to a thousand meters on Saturday will be a big positive for him. Run the fastest last 200 of the meeting there on. What day was that? The Hunter, I'm pretty sure. So um, he started well in the market there. He drifted late, but, um, you know, his trials leading in were very strong. Gets a, a golden switch here. Goes barrier number 11 to barrier number one and gets Blake Shin going aboard. I'm yet to see any horse be slow out of the barriers with Blake Shin aboard. Anything that sort of even oh, is wow. not, not going forward in a race usually. He just gets them straight out of the gates, that doesn't he? That thing yesterday, that he that, that midtown boss. So it was, it was a little bit... A little Slope. bit, little yep. bit grubby out, but still found the box seat. Yeah, and not getting it reefing and tearing, like just got it to travel there. Hang yeah, on. He's... So if Blake finds it, it's the box seat. Anyone else finds it, it's the coffin. What's going on here? Is this a favouritism game? Yeah, but worked out to be the box seat for him, it, and, and horrible for the people who are on the thing that was in the one one, and it was in the coffin, and Blake got the split in the box seat. So um, it's sort of all what happens at the four hundred, Walt. Yeah, yeah. I'd no. be surprised if this horse is. You know, last on Saturday, I think he'll be box seat. I doubt he'll lead Remedies, who's drawn barrier number 10, will have to come across. But if he jumps well, I doubt Shin's sort of handing up either. So um, I think he's the horse in the race with the most talent. Um, I was very surprised he wasn't favourite. Um, Remedies, the stablemate, did win at Cranbourne, sort of jumped to the front there and was, um, I think, very flattered by the way the race was run. She sort of got a very easy lead and then on the corner, Another horse in the race kind of took everything else out, and the horses that were coming at her got half taken out in the corner at Cranbourne. There's only 200 metres to the post, isn't there? So that were going to be very hard to run her down. So the, the winning margin of three and a half lengths there is uh, very oh, flattering for I her. I love those, those sort of subtleties that you found there, and that's the thing you get by getting in depth a bit. Yeah. You know, and then you see it goes up favourite next time, and you can punch the hole straight in it. Yeah, she's just a squib. Um, I think any horse with a, a bit of talent will run her down. Very surprised she's favourite. Um, I would have a probably triple the price she is now. Um, if Cylinder gets a crack at her, he will beat her. There's a few first starters there that have shown a bit of ability. Um, Gang, Gangatano, maybe? Gangatano. Oh, Nick, you're showing your age there. What's Gangatano? We'll get a story. He's a gangster. He's a gangster. He was a big gangster down here in the... Well, just before the bloody uh, the Mockbell Wars and all that, but was he, in the, was he in the tracksuit gang? Was he uh, Alphonse Gangatano, mate. He's a bad, bad dude, but... Um, in the mo in the in the Mockbell series or whatever it was, he was played by Vince Colosimo. He was the uh, the Black Prince of yeah. Ligon Street. Well, clear before my time. <laughs> um, all I know is the horse has a bit of ability. Um, trained by the Yagis. They don't have many two year olds, but Ash Yagi worked under Team Friedman for a long time, and now this is, seems to be one of the first two year olds they've got that might have a bit of ability. So they're a gun two year old camp, and he's learnt sort of everything well, that goes off them. Support, supported by um, that's Dave as a party horse. I think yep. isn't it? that's a dream thoroughbred. So he was supporting that, but he's more as a staying trainer. Yagi loves training the stayer. That's and probably his wife does too through the old Jim Hallahan stuff. You know that he was a great jump trainer, or whatever. It's a good cross there, isn't great it? She's cross. got the sort of the staying, staying cross, cross and, he's and he's got, got the, the he'd know how to handle a two year old the being sprinters and the, the grand finals sort of training that the Freedmans do. 
A few of them, like Hell, Hell won a trial of sorts and aren't it? Um, yeah. That's that Brent Stanley. It's been 31s into 14s. Um, yeah, I thought uh, the uh, the Gangster should be the second pick of the market mm. and Cylinder, I'm happy betting up there at sort of 380. I think he should be clear favourite and it will be very hard to beat. The fly in the ultimate, could it be Little Bros? Uh, it's got the Flemington. I just, my only query with Cylinder, do you think he was out of carrots by the time he got to that leader? It should be, though. It's very hard to, do, do to what drag he did. back just over 900 of, and make that sort of yeah, a run. Like they're they're sprinting hard. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, what did he say? He ran second last fastest or whatever. So it's not as if he was stopping. It was just okay. the other half. So Jay Ford was a little suck, suck behind and had a little bit left. The Little Bros race. A few of the horses really didn't handle the track in that race. Um, he showed a little bit in his jump outs leading in, but barrier number eight, I think it'll be a big advantage beyond speed and near the rail at Caulfield, given it's going to be firm. Um, I don't think you want to be back and too many horses are going to get back in the field, which is where it'll be. And I, I do have a big question mark on that race. Like the winner got flogged on debut and then come out and look like bloody far lap winning there. So, um, yeah, I think Cylinder best horse in race. I think he's one of the best two-year-olds we've seen so far. So um, I'll be happy betting up there. Well, wow, very exciting. It's a uh, very exciting card there at uh, Caulfield. Let's have a look at the Zipping Classic. We're moving right along, so we're going to go to the opener. When Nico finds a uh, horse in the opener, I say this all the time, usually uh, lands on the money, so make sure you uh, press into that one. Zipping Classic 2400 uh, without a fight, bit of a flop in the Melbourne Cup, $3.50 favourite here, in from three ninety. dollars Vowen Declare, $5.00. Lunsi, $6.00 per sand. Uh, Seven dollars nine fifty. Desert Icon Sound going for what three zipping classics? Is it uh, eleven dollars? Three in a row. Cucaracha eleven dollars. Fifteen Great House Dark Dream twenty one. Chapada twenty six. And uh, that's the lot. Lunsies is a horse that uh, you want to have a look at the replay here. And you've got Solcom on in, in the uh, the Aussie colours here with the uh, the blinkers and the uh, white nose. And then you've got DK's horse Captain Envious and Lunsies is there. It's the grey horse in the. Uh, um, Rupert colours with the lightning bolt uh, still whacking yeah, that, away there. This is probably more a relevant lead up given, you know, without a fight running the cup, but he was falling out of the screen at the sort of the top of the straight. So, yeah, Lunsi's beat sound. Persian's here. Great house in behind him's here. And uh, Santa Berto back in the field runs early in the card and um, can probably improve off that. Uh, I think that the key to the race is without a fight for sure. Like, um, he's now with Team Friedman. He what, started $12 in the Melbourne Cup. We were kind of. I think you were sticking up for him, weren't you, DK, in the cup from memory? Um, but he, he has shown a lot of ability overseas. It's just, you know, he came over here with good track form and ran on a soft seven in the cup. Maybe people say, oh, that's why he didn't fire. Um, I could see both ways. Of all the internationals I saw parade in the cup, he was the one I liked sort of, well, I, di I didn't like, to be honest. Um, didn't think he moved that well and sort of the occasion got to him a lot. I think he might be better off sort of going out and having a spell. So if he's not over the top... Um, that's probably his chance to win here, but I don't know. I sort of was happy enough to be against at this current stage um, without seeing them parade. He'd have to improve lengths in the yard to want, for me to want to back him, which he could under Team Freeman. They're gun trainers, but um, I thought it was going to be a bit of a task for him. The problem is he's coming up against an opposition. Like Lunsies is um, a solid horse. Blake Shin gets aboard for the first time. We're finding B Shin all day pretty much there at Caulfield because he's absolutely fine. His last 50 is going at 22%. Nearly everything... Every second horse he rides, he's thrown into a place, return on investment 86%, and his last two meetings he's rode in Victoria, so take out where he's gone to Hong Kong, everything he's rode is running the top four. Yeah, really? Yeah. So he's oh. absolutely airborne, um, gets on for the first time. He's very consistent. Lunsies. You know what you're going to get with him. I thought he should probably be a bit shorter than $6. Sounds in the game. 
They just all seem a bit sort of chewed up, those horses at the top. I think he's probably got something left to offer, but uh, without a doubt, without a fight, probably the best horse in the race. It's just whether he can actually acclimatise here to Australia and uh, come up. Just back to just back while you're on B Shin, like what I've, what I've noticed, and he did it with that river plate you backed last week. Like it's gone like a rocket, like a rocket, proper rocket. And because he's happy to, if he's on a like a thing he thinks is a good thing, he does the, does the old Craig Williams things. I'll take it straight to the front and let it roll, let it roll. And and this is the fastest horse, this is the best horse. Ride it like the best horse. And um, that that horse flew when he did it like that. And no. he's, he's done it before. So if you, if you want to take short odds, and he thinks he's on a good thing. He's taking it straight to the front. If he doesn't win, it's not good enough. He's on a few today at Bendigo as well. So um, he's keeping the eye in, isn't he? He's not just sort of showing up on Saturday and thinking, oh, this is my day. He's riding nearly most days of the week here down in Victoria. Um, gee, he's good. He's bloody good. He could he could get Lunsies home for sure. So, so I thought it was between without a fight and Lunsies, and I couldn't just, back without a fight given the, the run in the cup. Oh, they come back up out of the Melbourne Cup. Well, or they don't, those two. Like, there's big queries on them, and then if it's not, it's left up to Wincy's. Mark, I should tell the story. I thought Vow and Declare, the horse that you've been kicking up for, it uh, it did okay. I think it had a bit of interference or something uh, working into the race. He's got the good track and distance because he's ran, he ran well in the Caulfield Cup too, So and he gets his preferred firm firm footing. Winker's on. Yeah, mm. so he can he can bounce back for sure. But, um, yeah, so but just if whether they do bounce back, they'll be both big, big margin defeats in the Melbourne Cup, but um, yeah, you've got to refer to track and distance a lot of the time. Beeching off. Beeching off. Beeching yeah. off. JL on. Yeah, I thought he'd probably be a bit better suited in handicap found declare than sort of wait for age. at wait for age. But um, Lunsies is probably the same, to be honest, given he's only a 96 rider. But they all are, think, aren't they? Lunsies just feels like the one that's not chewed up. Like, he hasn't been to the cup. He's racing well. You know, he ran a big race in the Turnbull where he got back and charged the line. I feel like it's his race to lose, and if without a fight shows up at his best, he'll probably win. But there's n- there's no way you could sort of and you, definitively if, say he's going to be at his best. If, if Salkin was in this race, you'd be on like, like I said, he, he, it's a proper. He got beaten by a proper horse the other day. Salkin was a be even, so yeah. yeah so that's the, that's good form, you know. So um, I get scared when a horse that hasn't won for a long time races out of its sort of hand, like a handicapper that's going to wait for age that hasn't won in a while is. Scary, but I guess it's that sort of late. But it's not, it's not, but it should still be getting weight off him and it's not a horse that sticks its yeah. head out. So it's a weird race, isn't it? It's a, th- it's a really weird day, the rest of the card at Caulfield. I oh. sort of thought the first race was like but, I was really keen and then the rest of the day it's like oh. horses coming out of cup week and sort of had oh, their grand The best two, Ray, the best, the best the, the talk for me, because I, I enjoy watching this, the two three-year-old races in this meeting, the Twilight Clow and the Sandown Guineas. Yep. A lot of the horses I see coming up through the, winning their maidens and then maybe having dipping their toes. And then, and then they're sort of good 14, being at both 1,400 metres. Um, I reckon they hold the most interest, you know, play horses with plenty of upside in those races. Mm. Yeah, the the Twilight Glow was it's a great race, but it was really hard. There's plenty of winning chances there. So, um, yeah, I think sort of race one will be determine how my day goes and then we'll sort of have to maybe reload after there if it doesn't go to plan. But it's a tricky meeting. Um, there's a few horses there that do look a bit chewed up and sort of going around just because there's good prize money. There's a real funny one in the Sanding Guineas. Big query over a horse. See you in heaven. Looks like a flashy uh, light run, but mm, sixteen hundred meters. Not sure. And then you got a horse like the Fortune Tellers there as well. How about last start? We backed her at twenties. Absolute moral beaten. Yeah. And now you got to cop up and you know three thirty, and she's yeah. got to go up to a mile. Mm, scary. And the other thing Ugh. that um, isn't that isn't that Fortune Teller isn't it a panther or something, Nico? Isn't it one of the best types of walkers all your yard oh, people yeah. have seen? Isn't it Is just it? magnificent? He's a terrific horse, but like like you said, you know, like these Ma Eustace horses, I think he's he's one that's been up forever. He won his maiden at Swan Hill back in, in the August. end of August or something. So, so. He's, he hasn't sort of... And he's in his first prep. 
Yeah, he was good last start hitting the line, but he's from 10, he's probably going to get back as well. So unless the pattern sort of changes throughout the day, I, I don't know if you want to be finding too many horses going to get back on this card. So um could be tricky, very tricky. Definitely, uh, there's yeah, a few horses that have caught my eye, but until I see the first couple of races, uh, I'm going to keep my powder dry and I'll be tuned into your uh, Mounting Yard Mail. Let's uh, quick shout out to punningform.com. They're the, uh, the data and sectional benchmark kings. Best stepping stone to take your betting to the next level. Uh, if you're, I guess, a weekend warrior punter and you want to uh, dig deeper into form and become sort of a, a, a rusted-on-form student, punningform.com is the best database and the easiest database to uh, sink your teeth into. So make sure you try that. Rose Hill, I think the rail's in true this weekend, uh, Johnny Walter. How do you think the track will play? Weather's fine, I think. Depends whether they doctor it like they doctored the uh, Hawkesbury track there last week. No, it's hard. Come on, it's hate. Hard. It's hard. It, 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 if, it's, if it's real and it's firm... Stave ground up the inside, get three or four off in the straight. If it's not, we sort of at the moment we uh, we sort of cross our fingers. But um, you know, you had Hawkesbury last week, hard fence, highway. Next week, outside fence, same track conditions, same penetrometer things, whatever you want. So New South Wales like to play tricks, but um, we'll set up for fair. Is that all right? Okay, on pace ish to fair. <laughs> Race four is the first one. Going to have a look at eighteen hundred meters. I'll- Race, yes, this is you. You are Sydney. Uh, Elite Turf Project's handicap. Uh, Floating's a favourite here. R King, J-Mac off, Rachel Schumacher King on, 310. Global Ozbred, 440. Tony B, 440. Uh, Worthily is $6. Mission Phoenix, 750 in from eight. Syndicato, must be getting dizzy, that one, $20. Caesars Palace, 21 and a similar price or better the rest. Uh, I know you're not going to tip floating, and uh, the replay we're going to have a look at here is Mission Phoenix. So Mark Newnham and uh, Tyler Schiller out in front here with the yellow and red. Just like when he Yeah, that's it. Blinkers on uh, this day, second up only. Um, first up sort of got out sprinted without the blinkers, came again through the line, form has been pretty good, just like what he does here. So a bit of a bunch here, but he actually shows a bit of acceleration and, and busts them up a little bit late, and I think uh, getting to 1,800 metres... He's going to be the forgotten horse here, just like that he's definitely not stopping. Um, horse, that I think he was second fastest last 200 of the day or something. I'm not a big big um, sectionals man as a rule, but a horse, he, he was like, he ran it fast early, set, sat up through the middle and then was strong again late. Hot, the stable absolutely flying. As I said, sort of getting to 1,800 firm track around Rose Hill, it's not going to be a bad thing. I think Bowman off, Jay Ford on, Global Osbred probably sits outside leader and, Sits a length or two off him and doesn't pressure him. It's not Jay Ford's thing. Uh, Global Osbred shown that he's not a big out-sprinting horses. He's a bit of a whacker. Um, as you said there, uh, Jay Mack off, Rachel Schumacher on floating. And, uh, and yeah, Bowman, as you said, Bowman off, uh, Global Osbred, Jay Ford on. That's the sort of second and third picks. And then Tony B will hopefully be last the inside. It's probably the horse that I'd be saving on um, just because it's just got a heck of a lot of upside. Certainly beat first up, then really weird sort of break between runs up in distance last time and and smashed them up down the middle at Rose Hill, which is not easy to do. Uh, I would expect that, you know, third up 1,800, that horse should be absolutely peaking. I think it's definitely the danger to Mission Phoenix, but um, sort of seven, what is it, 758 bucks Mission Phoenix up the front, staying out of trouble at Rose Hill is very rarely a, a bad thing. And Tyler Schiller, I'll, I'll, I'll mock him into a, a bad performance here, but he's, um, he's the one apprentice that actually is look like he's setting the world on fire well he's he's riding horses back well he's showing patience that horse uh was it rondini or uh, no riadini um no the other one was it rondino 
uh, that ride was incredible. It was actually a you know good patient ride. He's showing that he's actually gone to another level where a few of them are stalled. Uh, so good good luck to Tyler up in front, kilo and a half off. We might clip that up. First time Walt said something positive about a jockey in six months. Oh I, no, <laughs> yeah, a few, but no. Definitely like the way you're thinking here. I thought uh, Tony B was a danger, and I was happy to pen a couple of the rest uh, on similar lines of thought. So yeah, it's, it's a we're it's both a, right or wrong. It's a tricky cut meeting, and you've kind of got to take a couple of lines. As you said, the same with the boys. There's a lot of carved up horses. There's horses sort of bouncing here and there. And this race at least looks like um, I just can't believe that floating can keep going up and up um, deeper into its prep. Rider change won't help, and uh, this horse looks like he's. Just finding his groove, which is what you want to do, same as Tony B. It's a tricky one. The ATC Cup looks like a uh, a good race there. You've got Steely versus uh, Long Villiers. So you've got the Nugget form versus the, what's the other big race? The Five Diamonds form. So that'll be interesting to see how they play out. But I think the first. Yeah, it's got to run 2000 as well, Steely. And he's a bit of a needs to prove himself horse. And Jay doesn't normally. Gate one helps it. Mm. It'll just plonk in a spot. But he's not one that normally helps horses sort of out of their. Lift out of their funk, so I'd be trying to find something to beat it. I, I thought it was crazy that I saw the early move. I think it was 7 into 360 or something like that. I just thought that was just crazy. Steely? Yeah, I thought, Jesus, I've just hammered it in so short. It must now. have some crazy ratings or something in its yeah. in its past because it's yeah. um it's very well backed often. Too short. I guess I guess the seven-day backups are um, – I think he's a mad fresh horse personally. The next race we're going to have a look at is the Festival Stakes, though, race number eight. And Mirror Vision's come up favourite here, $4.60. Uh, Kiss some um, six dollars. Sunshine Rising six fifty. First start Hong Kong horse. Cold Crusher uh, led all the way last up seven dollars. Skyman nine fifty. Cisco Bay twelve. Kerman's Lane fourteen. Lock Eagle fifteen. Darjean uh, second up at uh, seventeen dollars. And then you got twenty dollars. Jojo was a man and better, much better the rest. So we're gonna have a quick look at Mirror Vision, uh, and this is in the sixteen hundred. So you got uh, Ice Bath ends up winning this one. Back along the fence feels like geez. Talk about a long time ago. I think it was only Derby Day. Oh, it does feel, feel like a long time ago, ago doesn't it? Feels yeah, like a four weeks exactly. Ago. Mirror Vision's uh, coming on the outside. Chiming in the middle. Yeah, uh, the ice bar sucks suck up the fence. Oh, is that a tissue bursting through there at 50s to go around six to four in the same race next start and crush our souls? Yes, that's the race. Um, this is similar. You're trying to find uh, whether that horse is, is a little bit beaten up or not. If not, it should just cruise across with uh, the only leader in Coal Crusher from the outside draw. JP's riding these sorts of horses really well at the moment. Um, I, I don't like to bracket him with Blake Shin, but he does remind me of him when he's in in this sort of form. He, he's uh, He just rides them pretty cocky, which is, I think, what the boys are trying to say about Shin when he's got his tail up. He's a different, um, he's a different level, and that's sort of what JP mode goes into. I think he'll just... Cruise across with Coal Crusher, and I think he's just better than Coal Crusher. And then you got to go looking for sort of closes behind. Uh, yeah, I thought Skyman was interesting. They put the blinkers on last time. I don't think it really worked out. Um, the the whole race didn't really work out the way the 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 uh, the track was racing didn't work out. This is him down the outside one from the outside. Baldy face. Uh, we've got Skylab sort of coming off his back, who came out and ran well in one of those seventy three million dollar races last week. Was it the the bong or the gong or the whatever the thong? Um and uh, yeah, just just pen this run, treat it as a, a bit of a barrier trial. He finds another race that looks diabolical on paper, but you've got McDonald to try and find a position on him. If he somehow sort of tracked Mirror Vision across or 
Kerwin's Lane got their back. I just think he's the Fresh he's the classy the danger. Yeah, I think he'll be strong with the blinkers off, and I just think if you're going to play in the race, it's a it's probably not a bad two horse play. It's not no exciting odds, unfortunately, but just just by default, most of these horses are either beaten up or um, class risks for mine. So I just thought they were the two that were left standing on paper. Um, obviously, the other horse that's interesting is Kiss Sum, but what do you do off that that rain? Like, what was Nash doing? Like, he just stayed on the inside in that. Was it the Alligator Blood Champions Mile? Like what? It got beat 150 metres, but it should never have been in the race and Nash just sort of looked like he gave up. I don't know what the hell. So what do you, how do you treat it? If it drew a gate, I'd, I'd treat it much more seriously, but I think the market's found it pretty aggressively considering it looks like it could be could be last um, potentially in the run. Uh, yeah, so for me, it's a bit of a by-default race. It is a tough meeting. I do bitch and moan about um, some of the meetings in Sydney, but these big full fields are... And not easy this time of year where you've uh, trying to trying to piece horses together and new horses on the scene. And the crazy thing is, you got a horse like uh, Sunshine Rising, which is a nine-year-old, first up, sixty kilos, Hong, ex Hong Kong, nine dollars into six fifty. I think like, I heard him yesterday say it started in Ireland, then went to England, then went to Singapore, then went to Hong Kong, then went to there, then it was in a paddock and they declared it gone. Now he somehow got it, and I th- was it not run since January? A year and a half ago, and it's a nine-year-old, and like if you don't take that horse on, even now, you know how, how the Newnham Stable's going. Jeez, if it wins, that's not a good sign. Mm. Or if, he's a freak, one of the two, Mark Newnham. Yeah, if he, yeah, he's just going to be in the wrong spot, Skyman. But it looks like a horse definitely ready to roll. Mirror Vision, if they can push forward enough from again from the wide alleys, just oh, that stable's flying too. It's 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 more about that for me this time of year. I, when when stables sort of check out this time of year, I try not to find their horses too much. But Snowden seemed to be picking up. Newnham's picking up. Uh, they're the sort of stables I want to find. Wallers just go around and around and around and around. And you've just got to try and work them out. So, uh, well, that's the thing with this time of year, isn't it? Like you can get stables that just fire up this time of year, like the off season, like the springs over, and they go right. This is our time. We just put our horses in the right races, and we'll win a few. And you know, it really is. This is probably the last week before it's proper off season. I know in Victoria we got packing them next week, but then the week after is proper off season racing. So, it can be a tough time of the year to sort of keep betting up and thinking, oh, this horse is going to hold its form for the spring, even if it's fifth, sixth up, and then, you know, something that's fresh and been targeted at these races, even though they're first up, they're rock hard, fit, ready to go, because they know there's a bit of prize money there, and they, they've waited all spring, haven't they, a few of the camps? I remember yeah. Al- Alton Zara were like that all the time in the a summer. A little bit different um, this time this year because of the rain and everything. They do a lot of horses' preparations might probably been pushed back mm. a little bit because they have been able but to get. Probably makes it even harder. Yeah. So, it'd be, yeah, that's right. So things might be turning up. A month later than they should have been, and preps have been pushed back. I've heard a lot of trainers talking about that, so uh, it'll be an interesting uh, time leading up to Christmas. And we're like days away from horses popping up with Magic Millions preparations. You know, That's it. Uncle Bjorn always starts to fire it coming does. into Magic Million sales time. They're the sort of stables. It, it is. It is a weird. It's not something I really love when people sort of talk about stables in form means all their horses are going to run well. But there's no doubt that certain stables do try and target times a year to get, um, which is smart, you know, like the small, like you say, if I, I don't know if Bjorn does it, but he seems to fire up around Magic Millions time and it can't hurt the sales, um, you know, selling the new yearlings if, you're, uh, if your stable's firing. I tend to agree. I don't really follow stables or anything. That's something my old man does and goes around in circles. But uh, guys like Peter Moody always seem to go better in summer. But he has horses that are up on speed and, yeah, that's right. There's an, exactly, but they, they do do miss. They do target this time of year, mm. which is is the main part. Have try to have their horses ready to go. Where some stables are just 
just checked out. You know what I mean? Like same with jockeys. That's why it's hard having adding more and more races to calendars and more and more carnivals to calendars. They need time off. You know, like you can't expect them to be up mentally all year round. Some jockeys don't even check in. They yeah, well, they've checked out about five years ago. No one's noticed. That's They're right. Just because, gone surfing. Well, if you can earn three or four hundred a year and not have to go near another runner, it's uh, it's not a bad play, is it? <laughs> oh, we're nasty. Eight thousand a week for being on a merry-go-round. It's pretty good. I was talking about Zara. See, Zara, we we're talking about jockeys checking in, checking out. Well, he's got the blend right. So yeah, he has about five months off a year. You know, he goes surfing, doesn't have to stress out in his weight, and then when he's on, he's on for carnival times, and he's on. You know, so and then he's he's off. He'll 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 ride the next couple of weeks, and then he'll back off again and come in for the autumn. Then he'll back off and go to Bali or go surfing. Then he tunes in for the spring carnival. And I know he's top class, but um. He sort of got the balance right, so he's always on. He's a loose unit, isn't he? Like you see him, he's just he's like he, today he's at the uh, the Super Bowl. Tomorrow he's riding at Flemington, and he and he like the DK says he gets it right. Not many people you could trust to to keep a level balance, and he he somehow he's worked it out. He's he's mad, but he plays to it. He's enjoying life, and you're allowed to. Are you? I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. I, 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 oh, I love that stuff. Me too. If that keeps you fresh, if you can do it, and get the results, grouse. That's coming from the Hong Kong too, though. I remember learning. Don't they all? Though, and they come back there much improved at getting them out of the gates, you know, which is an advantage in our racing where we really slam the brakes on mid race. So I remember when D Lane came back and other jockeys who've come back from Hong Kong, really, really fine tuned their art of getting them out of the gates. So that's what you've got to do over there. I wonder if that's where Timmy got it from. It's weird, isn't it? Timmy's the same. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe Hong Kong is a huge because if you don't, if you miss the kick around that Happy Valley, it's game over, isn't it? Like if you're oh, not in a spot, right. yeah. Interesting. interesting. Never heard that. Never heard anyone say that before. It's interesting. Hugh Bowman might come back and push a bit more. Mate, for if you can wake <laughs> Bowman up, you couldn't <laughs> wake Bowman up, bloody, making him dodge traffic like Frogger <laughs> on a highway. He's uh, <laughs> he just uh, he just takes it all in his stride, Bowman. Racingwatch.com.au for more of Johnny stuff. Telegram group if uh, you don't want the head noise, and if you're an absolute feral, jump into his Discord channel, and uh, you'll be well at home with the rest of the rat bags in there. So make sure you uh, head to racingwatch.com.au and sign up. Pretty, uh, pretty good. You can do a Black Friday special. No, no, <laughs> special all year round. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's discounts. <laughs> Fifty-two weeks of the year. Oh, Ascot, Ascot, Ascot. I, I yeah, I think I've learned to stay in my lane. I um, I swung for the uh, the new boat, the house, the car, everything. And the more I watch of Ascot, the more that um, I don't know. Just it's, it's sort of. Just scares me a bit. Some of the jockey tactics, the form reversals, horses just fall off the cliff. Um, yeah, it's it's like dodging cars out there. So, um, T Dogs, you're uh, you're with us. Uh, you didn't bother uh, flopping out of bed uh, with Nico and uh, coming in the studio. But uh, how have you found the uh, the Ascot Carnival to date? Yeah, not too well, Scooty. Um, we've had a bit of a rough two weeks to start the carnival in terms of um, my tipping and punting it. But uh, I thought the stories out of last week's uh, features were, were good. Uh, the WA Guineas probably just found the wrong horse in Lyndon Lady, didn't back up. Um, Amelia's jewel was outstanding. And uh, the railway, I think, uh, sort of the same thing. We, we backed a horse who just didn't run to his best, Alaskan God, like it had the measure of tricks of the trade. Nearly every start they met and was taking ground off him first up and then... Yeah, I don't know what sort of happened with him there last week. He travelled into it fine and then didn't really find anything. Tricks of the trade went on to win it, uh, which was a good story. Um, the connections are in their 90s. They'd never had a Group 1 winner and the trainer in his 80s. So people that have been 
around in the game for a long time. Good to see them get a result. Mm, he just probably wants another lap. Alaskan guide already uh, looking for 2,000 metres and maybe beyond. I think Walt joked that uh, Ed Cummings had taken over train the horse. Yeah, well, it looked like Montefilia or bloody <laughs> Dewey, second up, like that, that that mad flat run. Like he tried to, yeah, they pumped the work into him or something. It was really weird because I had to watch the race pretty closely and in the run you would have been on good terms with yourself. You're on Alaskan God. He was like tracking up. It was going to be game over. And then um, Tricks of the Trade put the afterburners on and he went in reverse. It was, uh, yeah, pretty inexplicable. Oh, I'll explain it. I had Yankees and everything into it through Royadini, and I just stopped the bugger. I just well, you went the full on. super multi into I it. I did. You did. I would have got half a boat if that had a one. Half a boat. Yeah. Mm. yeah half a boat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, su- super multi man's just hit another winner during the week, so he's got my measure. Amelia's duel was like the reverse of it. It was like she car was wreck, car wreck, car wreck, car wreck. Oh my god, it was the best ride I've ever seen. It yeah. was. Um, and exploded. It was it was strange racing over there last week. It's either like it's either a masterpiece and beautiful racing in Perth, or it's just complete car crash, dodgem cars. It's Mate, there was it was like the it was like the Inner Dominion or something that um, <laughs> the Amelia's Jewel race. It was like there's the leader coming around. Here comes another one. Here comes another one. It was. Uh, Do you watch it, DK, or are you on to third bottle of red by that stage? It, it's a sight to behold, I reckon. Perth racing. I did it uh, maybe four or five years ago. It was just up in the air what I was going to do, and I thought, oh, I'll have a go at Perth, all these dry tracks, not many tracks. and So I did the video comments and started having a few bets, and you're right, Scoot, it was, it was nuts. And then I sort of ventured up to Geraldton and had a good thing there one day and was a favourite, and if it wasn't OFF, I'll, I'll give up, you know. Um, and then, yeah, so I thought, oh, that'll do me. That was a fleeting, fleeting go at it, so um, came back to what I know best. But, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, mate, she's, uh, she's fun and games over there. Let's have a look at uh, the Lee Steer Classic, Ernest, Sir Ernest. And uh, St. Arino is the favourite here, uh, $2.60. All the Kingsmen, $3.70. Vampire Play, $6.00. Man Crush, $7.00. Swear to God, $14.00. China Spirit, uh, $21.00. And you can get much better the rest. T-Dogs, uh, you found the uh, horses on uh, the uh, for, out of the uh, WA Guineas off a bit of a freshen up, 1,600 dropping back to 1,400, which is interesting, but they dominate the uh, the top of the market here. And uh, We'll put the replay up on the screen now and uh, tell us why you like this form line. Yeah, well, it wasn't necessarily that I liked it. I just think it's the the, the race with the you know the most relevance here on the quick backup. So you've got St. Oreo about to hit the front now with all the Kingsmen and they get chased down by Bustler and Amelia's Jewel of the top two three-year-olds in Perth. They ran this WA Guineas quite strange. They sort of, um, the first 400 metres went out in a reasonable tempo and then they just absolutely jammed the brakes on, which I don't think suited all the Kingsmen. Um, he sort of got left in front a little bit from home and um, a horse that's sort of a, I wouldn't say he's a horse with a, like a dynamic turn of foot. He can sort of just hold a run for a long period of time. Um, yeah, I don't think that race shape suited him. St. Oreo, uh, probably the way the race worked out, the wide barrier wasn't that much of a disadvantage because they put the brakes on and then suddenly he had full momentum. So um, I thought all the Kingsmen out of that performance, he st- had the shorter SP. Um, was very good at the 1,400 at the start before when only narrowly nosed out by Bustler. I thought he'd turn the tables on San Oreo um, on Saturday. Uh, but I think yeah, it's an interesting sort of race to have a look at this, the, the Lestier, because as you you know pointed out, the, the three main chances in the betting are sort of coming out of grand finals. So you've got Vampit players coming out of the champion Phillies um, and was disappointing. And then there's sort of 
you know, man crush who I think won't run 1,400 metres, sort of failed to run in the Faretha. And then you got double figures the rest. So it's a race from a betting point of view that kind of interests me. And the two horses that interest me the most are China Spirit and Diamond Command. Uh, Diamond Command's $26 comes out of a race behind My Ballame, who took out the Placid Arc up to 1,400, big tick, Chris Parnham inside draw. And then Paddy Carberry, Barrier One, China Spirit's going to need some luck, but uh, found the line strongly on debut. They're this, the two horses for me against um, Sonorio, who looks extremely well found at 270, given he had a really good run last week. Um, if I had to back one of the favourites, it'd be all the Kingsmen. I think he should be a lot closer to Sonorio at $4. But I think this is a race where you can potentially try and get a few of these uh, more you know, high-profile names over there in Perth beaten by a couple up-and-comers. And I think Diamond Command for me at $26 um, will do me. I just think that's a it's a good price about a horse that comes out of a, a hot, strong rating race last time. It's an interesting one there. Sorry, I made a slight error. Of course, these horses are on the seven-day backup, and that's uh, the query that I've got over these ones. On Top Sports website, it says 21 days, and the the, uh, the guineas was last week on the 19th. So a little bit of an error on Top Sports website, so I'm not sure where they're pulling their form guide from. But um, as I look at the punting form data, um, even um, Madame Magic with uh, Clint Johnson-Porter, it's sort of got some decent sort of uh, splits and ratings uh, on its first two starts. So I'd be definitely trying to fish around and go dig a bit deeper into this one. And uh, I'd, even uh, Man Crush sort of appeals to me more so than taking the shorts about this horse. Uh, there's another runner. Um, let, let's talk about the winter bottom because I guess it ties in. I'm a little bit wary about a horse like uh, Valana dropping back in distance, and that's what those uh, horses in the uh, the least year classic have to do on sort of a, a quick seven day or fourteen day backup, and then have to come back in distance. Let's have a look at uh, the market in the winter bottom, and you've got the favourite here is Rothfire five dollars D Oliver on, and then Volana got J Car Barrier twelve is interesting five fifty Elite Street six fifty Polelli is eleven dollars Miss Kentucky eleven this will test you eleven the Astrologist twelve dollars, and then uh, horses like Red Care Man outside the market there at twenty one Kiss on all four cheeks probably off a of freshen there twenty one dollars Snipperucci last up win twenty six. And Bo Ross are 31, and that probably rounds out the chances. So, pretty wide open as the betting suggests, for sort of four to one, the favourite there, and uh, better. But let's have a look at a couple of the replays. We've already seen the replay of Valana. To my eye, I, I'm surprised Valana's coming back in trip the way it, it finished off the other day. Nash was a great run, but um, these other horses here, you got this will test you, wins the race out wide, and then you got Red Care Man peeling to the front. And then Elite Street's well back in the uh, the purple with the white V. What do you think here, T-Dogs? Yeah, I thought this race rated really well. So I think um, if they run to this level again, uh, this would have produced four of the five um, last winter bottom winners. Like, uh, you know, would have eclipsed that rating is what I should say I'm punning for. Uh, and this will test you is in career best form. She maps really well. I think she's a little bit of the forgotten horse in the race. Mitch Pateman's since taking over the training of her last year has really turned her into a consistent racehorse. She always had early on in her career this um, sort of like Learjet number that everyone was just like, this is a group one horse. And, you know, she sort of went through a period where she was unbeaten and then she's got apparently a lot of uh, behaviour issues and sort of went off the boil for a little bit. But she's put down two figures um, in Perth within the last 12 months that are good enough to win your railway. 
Um, I would go as far as to say she's actually the best sprinter in Perth and Elite Street's just the most consistent. So Elite Street, you know, sort of performs more often than not, you know, he's he's winning the races. But, you know, if you're looking at peaks, this will test you has the two peaks in WA over the last 12 months. And I think Elite Street will definitely improve on that performance. There was a lot of uh, commentary that he was a bit fat in the mounting yard. Um, there's a bit of... Uh, a, thought that he's getting aimed at this end the the gold rush and wasn't as forward as what he can be first up he had a real um something i sort of look at a lot these horses that between the four and the 200 really let rip and then that 200 of the post they just find not much you know, i think he dropped his speed by nearly three lengths just a sign of a horse that's just not fit um i think he'll bounce back but uh, yeah i think the wa form relative to the market is a little bit um Sort of underplayed here. I think they've got a, a good chance, the locals. I know the winter bottom, you know, necessarily is always won by the Eastern State horses because, you know, we come over here with some reasonable sprinters. But uh, looking at the map, I thought Lucille Tester at $11 uh, definitely interests me because she's going to get a really good run. Like this is going to be a run at a pretty good speed. You've got Massimo and Indian Pacific who want to try and find the front from Snipperucci, Red Care Man. You know, he's going to punch forward. Rothfire, you can't imagine, is going to be too far away, neither the astrologist, and then she's just going to get the sit on all those horses. So, um, yeah, I, I sort of thought she's the map horse. Speaking on Valana, I'm, I'm a little bit with uh, you, Scoot. I'm finding it hard to sort of see where he fits in in this race at 1,200 metres. Um, the only horse he sort of met in the field on race day is Rothfire, who held him comfortably in the Stradbroke. Um, Bolana did cover ground that day and he's probably an improved horse since then. Um, but he comes off the, yeah, the two week backup. I'm not sure about the hunter. I'm not sure about it as a race. I think he beat and in the Congo who's maybe not going that well. Uh, Gravina finished third and Gravina was, you know, well held by the astrologist and by Rosser at Flemington the start prior. I'm not sure what you make of that form, Walt. Perfect run that day. Like absolutely perfect. And, um, Nash at his absolute best too. And, uh, I think you sort of give it a buy the start before. Had the per- it's the sort of horse that needs that run for me to be dangerous here. And so you got Nash off, Jamie King on, Barry wide draw. I think she had uh, uh, this horse nearly has to Where's lead it gonna or go? sit first two pairs. Well, if it goes to, back, to it's got none because it's got it's going to be dour. I think it'll yeah. get out sprinted if it doesn't go forward. So maybe if it sort of carted across with Massimo Indian Pacific and lob behind them, you could look silly by like completely opposing it. But if it doesn't get that absolute dream run across i think it's in a lot of trouble um just because yeah i think it'll be a little bit too one paced and i don't think jamie carr's going to get the same out of it that that nash is in a in a finish either so um yeah I, i'd be happy to take it on at the price like you're saying let's have a look at the replay of the astrologist and uh bo rossa so it's this is an interesting one because the astrologist has since running behind rock and horse but Bo Ross is the horse in the uh, the green and the blue stripes, just in behind them, and then the astrologist just absolutely grows a leg up the straight, and Argentia wins this race down in the white along the fence, the chestnut mare there. So this is a really interesting one because guess who jumps onto the astrologist is W Pike, who this horse has got barrier too, so it actually has to kick up and sort of put itself on pace, and that's just not really Willie's go, like... This is very weird. The whole this whole race is so weird. And you got Mel, Melamon Pulele barrier sixteen. You got Brad on Elite Street. They didn't even really put it in the race last night. I thought Elite Street was a complete buy, and now it's got barrier seven. So he has to push the button. Go time. You would have thought on Elite Street, and 
he absolutely trucked last start uh, all through the race, but um, yeah, it was it was just too far back and too far out of that his second ground. level Western folk, Eastern form just looks very plain. So um, I like where Trav's going to a certain degree. I think like Rothfire's a good horse. There's absolutely no doubt about that. The rest of them like they're just they're just horses. Paul Lilly included. Yeah, I, I like I like where you're going. I think Pulele is a bit of a Goldilocks horse. He needs really things to go his way in terms of the tempo of the races. He needs it, you know, sort of not too fast, not too slow. I don't think he sort of gets that in a winter bottom. He draws 16, seems a bit of an afterthought, like he was chasing Manicato, is chasing the VRC sprint, now he comes to Perth. He's, he's a horse for me that they're just chasing a group one with him and this is obviously a, a weakish group one. But I, I want to put the pen through him hard. Uh, Rothfire, I'm not certain he's, you know, sort of with us for the rest of the prep. I thought he, the run he had at Flemington, I thought he was, you know, entitled to do a little bit more. I know he's finished alongside Rock and Horse and um, Nature Strip, but Nature Strip was well below his best. You take him out of the race and, like, it rated like a, a proper Group 2 feature. So I don't think these Perth horses... Um, necessarily with those horses coming off the sprints classic have to be that scared you know i, I don't think they're coming over rothfire and you know Pulele, even the astrologist at absolute you know the peak of their powers maybe the, the astrologist probably is and he'll suit perth racing um that sort of faster speed he's a horse that really runs well for fast tempo but i just wanted to highlight that replay because bo rosser has gone to the line with him you know uh well, the astrologist have performed well with Rothfire. The astrologist is now eleven dollars. Rothfire's, you know, sort of five dollars here, and Bo Ross is thirty to one, and he's had a trial in Perth, um, and I think he's been set for the race. So I, I actually think he's the best of the Eastern State chances. I know that sounds really crazy, but I think he maps perfect for this race. I think you want to be trying to find something that's um, sort of midfield and can come into the race late. Todd Panel. Uh, I like him on this sort of style of horse. Hasn't won a group one, Todd. He'd be hungry to try and get one. Um, and I, I just think this horse sets up incredibly well. Now, he's been in the wilderness for the good part of 12 months, but if he gets back to his best form where he's, you know, sort of beaten behemoth and got the race sort of turned off on protest and ran second in a Memsey, um, you know, in high-pressure 1,400-metre races, he's going to suit 1,200, and I just... I think, yeah, sort of one by three, he, he's the play in the race, Bo Rossa, because of their last starts, you you could easily say that Bo Rossa was a better run than the astrologist at Flemington. And one's $11, one's $34, and one's possibly an afterthought. One's been targeted at the race. So um, I'm very interested in him here. I just think he's lethal, um, and I think he'll he'll do something. Yeah, I just I can't really get around any of the Eastern State horses. As I said, I just think Pulele's too short given the map and given the probably high pressure. Valana, uh, the map scares me. I'm sort of with Walt. I can't see him finding that first four position. And I don't love that Nash, you know, sort of leaves the horse for Jamie. I don't know if he's a J-car horse. And, yeah, Rothfire, deep into the prep, wouldn't be shocked at all if Rothfire won it. But he's, he's not a horse that I'm going to get excited about taking $5 off a a run where I thought he was a bit below his best. Mm. Nico, Nico would probably have a good line on a couple of these Eastern State horses. Is there, is there anything that jumps off the page with you, Nico? Any of these horses that have got something left in the tank or any sort of yardage? Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a similar thought 
pattern to uh, T-Dogs. If I had to have a bet in this race, which I don't like the look of, I'd be probably Red Cam Man 20s, kiss on all four cheeks at 20s, and then Bo Rosso. Like, I'd have peanuts on all three three of those races and put put the rest of the race into the bin. I thought Elite Street should be favourite, but what are you, can you steer us into this? Yeah, I thought Bo Rosso had a lot of improvement to come first up. So, um, given that, I think, like Trav said, they're probably setting him for one race, and it did seem that way at Flemington. He moved really well for a horse who sort of, Obviously, he was a bit in the wilderness there, so I think that's probably a key thing with him. Um, the way I sort of looked at the race, Elite Street's probably the you know near the best of the purse sprinters, and there was a bit of commentary to say that he probably wasn't there first up. Um, I thought his run was okay. Volana could be the best horse in the race. Like he's just really come into his own this preparation, and that could mean a lot here, given you know Elite Street's old Rothfire. I don't know if you want to be back in horses. DK, you could probably attest to this a little bit, but, you know, his last two runs, his last 200 metres, in the Manicato, he was the slowest home, even though he ran second. Then last start, there's 14 runners in the field. He's the 12th fastest, last 200, the 11th fastest for the two. Like, he's just, he's got no acceleration. He's like, on empty, oh, yeah, and on, and on empty. <clears throat> first up, you know, first up over 1,000 metres at um, Mooney Valley, he runs the second fastest, last 200 of the meeting. Last start, he's 50 as fast as last 200. Mm. Like, there's just nothing left in the tank. Maybe Rob Heathcote is a freak trainer. Maybe he's found something there. But And he's over there for the two runs too. He's going to the 1400, <clears throat> whatever the, that 1400 is in two weeks' time. It just seems like yeah. he's got no killer punch. Like he just hits that sort of cruising speed and he's got nothing left to give. Yeah, yeah. it makes him vulnerable to something random. It makes him, him vulnerable to a horse like Valana. Yeah, got, you know. He can find the, run past it. I, yeah, I thought Red, Red Ken Man might be the one that's over. As you can tie him in through. He beat the astrologist last time. He met him down the straight at Flemington. Can tie him in through all the Perth form. He doesn't get a great map, but he's a dry tracker. $21 might be overs. Mm. Yeah, I you can you can make a good line between sort of Bo Rosso and Red Ken Man at their absolute best, um, sort of going back last year, and Bo Rosso handled him. So, um, I thought Red Cam Man personally had a really good run last start, was entitled to win the race, and this will test you, sort of went past him. I'm pretty confident that this will test you to run top three. I think she's the better of the race at $11. Um, I think she's the best of the Perth horses and comes into the race completely underrated. Uh, could see the support for Elite Street, but I think he's, he's about his right price, and as I said, I'll be having something one by three, Bo Rosser. I'm a happy man because we're all just going to uh, lay the boots into the Rothfire and poor old Damien Oliver. Probably won't be his fault this time. The horse has just uh, probably had enough, so uh, it'll be egg on face. Maybe we can put Rothfire as the oh, I'm gonna, All right, that's what I'll do. The bet doctor beat the doctor. We'll, we'll be top odds Rothfire to finish top two, so there it is. Um, we'll give good off in the week off, and I'll put uh, Uncle Robbie Heathcote and uh, D Oliver in the gun. It'll make for good theatre on next week's show if uh, they overturn all of us, because it seems like unanimously we're going to lay it. Thanks, T Dogs. I think uh, you're on the money with uh, finding that ruffie. Do not let Bo Rosser go at all at uh, thirty to one. This uh, that, that's that strong fourteen hundred meter form will uh, hold him in good stead. And as Nico said had plenty uh, to give from the yard. So beautiful stuff and a big thanks to you for uh, previewing Ascot. But uh, Donnie's best graft on last week, $3.30, absolute moral on a Friday. That's the best thing about Friday. Punting builds a bank for the weekend. And uh, he's seeing them quite well. Driver deal uh, was uh, in his winner's sack recently too. But uh, let's hear from the man himself, Anthony Dell. Yeah, gents. Donnie's back again with this weekend's best bets. It was great to have the fill up last week down at Graft on the moral saluting. Let's keep the momentum rolling. This week, I've got two best bets. The first one comes up at the Gold Coast. It's in race four, number eight, pockets full. 
It was really good last start at the sunny coast. It ran a really strong figure against a good horse called Antino. It pissed in yesterday at Dooman, so the form is franked. The roll forward probably gets the 1 1 off a slow tempo. Get to the middle of the track and go bang. $3.50 with Top Sports, fair enough, and I've already backed it. So we'll be giving that one a massive cheer. Next best, we go to Canterbury on Friday night racing. Race three, number six, Betsy's Flag. It's had two trials for Mark Newnham. They've both been sensational. The last one, they sneaked it back. They tried to grab hold of it. They still ran some of the best sectionals down the outside late and won the trial. I think it's a really smart horse. It looks to get the box seat. Josh Pyron just has to get it out to win. There's only one danger, and that's number one, Jewelry. So I'll be main bet will be uh, Betsy's Flag. We'll have something tiny on Jewelry just in case. So the two best bets for this weekend are race four at Gold Coast, number eight, pockets full, and Canterbury on Friday night, race three, number six, Betsy's flag. Good luck, boys. Mm, there we have it. Uh, so Donnie's best. So Canterbury on Friday night. That's your neck of the woods. He's probably knocked your price off before you can get to it. There's two things I like in that race. Zach Lloyd's on the danger, and JP's on the uh, the horse that looks extremely talented. Yeah, I think it'll shorten. I'd, I'd be surprised if it didn't start favourite. Oh, well, Donnie bets, and then they go off. That's generally what happens. Yeah, but that's weird. Like, for him to bet in an area where people live, normally he likes to go, you know, population <laughs> 500 and under. He's good. He'll go anywhere for a winner. Very versatile. Our man, Don. So that's uh, Gold Coast Race 4, 8, Pockets Full. That was a good, really good run last start at the uh, sunny coast for that. And then Betsy's Flag Friday Night Canterbury. Beautiful. Top sports team. Let's go, go, go. Nemeth last week. So you guys have uh, got cash if you're uh, following this. My old man texts me every time, oh, did you back the top sports team this week? And I go, no, I didn't. And uh, that's he loves following these. So Caulfield Race 6, number 12, Flash Feeling. And I promise you this is not mine. People say, oh, it's always your bets. No, thousand at uh, ten dollars. Flash feeling race six number. Fair size bet early. Yeah, so. well, I like it. It's now we're talking. You want to see McCarver riding it? Yeah, Maddie's on. Uh, it's mm. his horse, so looks good. Get in the eighteen hundred. That's a weird race because Keats and Grand Slam they're both one dimensional leaders and they'll probably take each other on. So it does set up for something to sort of probably sit off them. I would have thought some some funny prices. I've clearly uh, missed the price Milford, but sixties was a big price Milford. Princess Rainies, I think one of you boys mentioned that horse sixteen dollars. Uh, as in that one, and French Emperor looks looks at danger in that one as well at seven dollars. That's a tough race. That's a very uh, very tricky race. So, yep, theme of the day. Mm, yeah, not not sure. I'd, I'd love that bet, but um, might might be winning. Gold Coast race four number six. This is against Donny's best. Is uh, Chase and Artie six hundred at eleven dollars there? So that's an interesting bet. Haven't really done much form there. And then race five, number seven, Literary Magnate, 2000 at $3.30 here. This is an interesting one because all the money has been for Norwegian Bliss uh, down from Sydney. And I don't know what price they bet uh, completely Norwegian Bliss, but I think it's halving quote perhaps. Uh, or six dollars or something. Does that sound right? It? Yeah, they bet six dollars all in, which is a bit different to final field. They sort of went up three twenty, I think, and now she's into two fifty, three dollars around that mark. Two twenty five. Two twenty five. Top sport. Ugh. I don't know. Walt might know a bit more about her than me. But That's poison. That odds. I would say it's poisonous. She's oh. unbeaten, but she's got no figures and she's beat nothing. Norwegian horse. Bliss. It was horse. Horse was charging in in the in the uh, all in mark. Literary Magnate's a top sports steamer. So someone's had 2000 on that at $3. It's just tough as hell. Like it's just strong, but I think it's bled as well. So it obviously pushes the boundary. Um, I think it was first up from a bleed last week. I liked it last up because 
I assume he'd have it, you know, well and truly revved, didn't want to risk it. But um, that's the old that's the old pearl there, first up off a blue. Especially those sorts of horses that you know need to be hard fit, you know, not one that's going to flop out the back and just do whatever. But, um, yeah, I get the feeling they're trying to rush black type into it in case it goes again, you know what I mean? And it's uh, yeah, so, so I'm assuming that that's what they've they've done, rushed it down there. But just a hard horse to take on because it just knows how to win. You know, it's one of those like it does just win. Yeah, it's never been beaten. And it's and it's and it puts itself on speed and just it's hard and tough. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It's very sure. I'm not. I couldn't back it. But they just make it up. They just make up the prices. Do they? Well, there's nothing in the race. Like literally, the house was the six dollars. It's just this six second pick. I don't know that there's nothing in the race. Like I. Uh, even a horse like Pole, like there's going to be some tough horses to run past here. Like Pole, I thought Poland its last two starts. Now that they're riding it forward, like that, have they worked this horse out? Poland now all of a sudden it started to go to, straight to the front, and it's taken pretty good efforts from Aegon and Old Flame to run it down in the last two starts. I thought Froggy sticking to this horse, and was, uh, I can't understand why this horse is two dollars fifty Norwegian Bliss. Just a winner, like you look well, at the, considering it was what was it three three dollars plus last start against camels. That's that's but it's you look at the rest of the horses in the race. So you know, fierce six, duck egg second, mm. the sword swords dawns a thirty two hundred meter horse and literally magnates. You know she's handy, but this is probably this is probably the the max she's been to so far. Like she hasn't been to this level yet. Taking on the boys, she's coming out of mares races. So um, there's there's nothing else in the race. They probably put it up as short as they think they can go and see if anyone backs it. The corporates and then they go from there, wouldn't they? Draw looks all right too, doesn't it? Because inside will kick up and then they'll pull it'll come across and will probably sit right behind them. Yeah, it's a hard horse to take on, but I'm not taking six to four. Yeah, we've already laid Rothfire, so that that would be the next bet, Doctor Lay. If we could get one, beat the Doctor. She's got fifty-seven against these other horses that are just. And now you're beat. a weights man as well. No, you want to ring Davo up and ask what its track work sections <laughs> well, were? That's the mentoring kicking in. That's the twenty-nine dollars a week kicking in. Some of these are tough horses that have been running in group level, and then you got this horse who's beaten nothing. Like that's what everyone says. Oh, this horse hasn't won for three years. Well, it's been racing group ones, and this this horse has won seven in a row because it's beaten nothing. I'm taking on. It's won seven in a row, is it? Yeah, seven. And they put it up six dollars, and it won when How's it bled. That, <laughs> that happens. It's not an easy thing to do because <laughs> well, the, the book they're telling you that it's got no chance in this race. Who's telling you? The price assessors, they don't get them all right, but they might have this one right. What price assessors? Tell me a place that's got a price assessor. <laughs> no, huh? Tristan. Scrope. Tristan's the only one. Ford, he's the only one hanging on to the staff. Everyone else, my God. 2000 at 3.30 was the top spot steam literary magnate. I'd take any other ticket in this race to be that thing. All right, DK, any closing thoughts? No, just give uh, give Laurie strength today and uh, Jericho Sunday. Oh, is it? Sco- uh, Nico, we've got... Moe, Eric Lenz underwater, so transferred. Moe, get another meeting, 539 nominations. That'll be big. Um, yeah, anyway, but uh, we'll find something. All right, Jericho on Sunday. Uh, I'm sure uh, the boys uh, from the racing show, T-Dogs and uh, Nico, will find you in there, so make sure you follow their channel. Haven't got time to talk about it, but I'm disappointed that their horse that can only run in three uh, races a year isn't isn't featured there, Nico, so disappointing. You've missed the opportunity there. Goodbye. Goodbye.